Hello and welcome to the Retro Rejects. This week we have a very spooky episode with the, the spookiest album of all time. Garrett Brooks's Raining Blood. Well, obviously, we're not talking about Garrett Brooks, although that's pretty scary and so It is a scary prospect, yeah. Yeah, anyone from Ireland. Did he end up doing, like, oh, he did a like million like gigs? 5,000 uh, gigs or yeah. something like that, all one after the other up in Croke Park. There was, a, there was a thing, wasn't it, years ago he was going to do, he started off at one gig and it sold out, and then it was going to be two gigs, and then he wanted, fuck it, I'll do five. And mm. they were like, no, we only want you to do three, and then he was like, fuck it, I'll do none. And then he's like, fuck everyone in Ireland. Yeah, and then he came back a couple of years later and everyone was like, oh, he's great. Uh, Yeah. And half of Ireland went to see him. And that's the thing, that particular um, stadium is only allowed to host so many music concerts per year and I think all of their concerts that year were used up by Garth Brooks. Yeah, well, music concert is debatable. That's a stretch, I suppose. Isn't it? Isn't it? But yeah, Slayer. Yeah. Um, So what does Slayer mean to you? Fucking Slayer! Uh, I think when people... Yeah, it's just they Slayer. That's the, yeah. the first thing, isn't it? It's like Slayer. <laughs> like we were looking at a couple of live shows and stuff, and that's all I do. Slayer, yeah, fucking Slayer. And I don't know where it started. Well, <laughs> like I mean, it's it just seemed to. I don't know. Slayer just always seemed to kind of like have this rabid fan base. Mm. Um, like I like I've been Slayer from, yeah, it would be in the nineties, mm. and it was just. Like, I, I remember when, I think it was Divine Intervention, was it? Yeah, it was Divine Intervention on the inside. The original album cover, I think, was going to be with someone who had Slayer put into their arm. And I think that would end up being the back cover or maybe part of the inlay card. But it seems to be around that that it started kind of like really turning into this fucking, that the Slayer fan base were like... Mental. Yeah, that kind Thematic of way. Fans. Where there was always stuff about like, Slayer fans ripping concert halls apart and stuff, but that happened with Guns N' Roses. Although Guns N' Roses. Roses was happening because they pissed off, yeah, um, their fans, yeah, hmm. um, and stuff. But Jay, would you have a? When would you have discovered Slayer? I, don't, I was vaguely aware of them, I suppose, for a long time, but never really got into them, I suppose, because mm. it took me a while to come around to like the kind of metal I would have been into when I was younger is more like Prince. Nine Inch Nails. Oh, yeah, Prince, of course. Yes, he's mm. metal. But yeah, kind of Nine Inch Nails kind of stuff. And I actually started liking Thrash kind of like quite late in life, really, I suppose. Mm. Yeah, you are actually. Yeah, you're. Uh, but um, yeah, no, I suppose like Slayer would have been. I suppose when I started going out with you, you were like constantly playing Rain and Blood as well. So um, Was I? Yeah, you were quite. Really? Uh, yeah. Oh, there was quite yeah. a lot of that going on yeah mm-hmm. you were like listen to this now listen to this one as well yeah. and also listen to this and I was like alright Joseph okay. Mangala <laughs> <laughs> yes exactly mm. but yes no it would have been sort of around that time and I was like oh not so bad but um, I wouldn't have, it wouldn't have been a band that I would have like massively gravitated to mm. until I kind of took a while to get into and then I was like yes I like these they're quite cool well, well, the thing with Slayer in the, like, I think I was 12 when I got Rain and Blood and it was only out a very, very short time, mm-hmm. in like a, maybe a few years beforehand when I came across them. And it was 
terrifying. <laughs> like, it, like, and it wasn't just because I was, I remember like seeing people talking about huh. that were older when it came out and they were like, it fucking, it really changed mm. a lot. Like, I mean, you had Venom and there was other bands, like there was a lot of heavy bands around at yeah. that stage, but for some reason, it was just, I think, the pure aggression mm. and fucking hatred and, you know, there was just, mm-hmm. it's, it's a violent fucking album. Mm. Um, and as well that it was like people were like, I remember people that weren't into metal that were like, it's like this 25 minute long album or this 20 minute album. Mm. And they're like, it was nearly like a joke kind of to some, and then they listened to it and they were like, wow. what the fuck is yeah. going on? There's a um, lot here. Yeah, I was listening to actually Alan Averill, um from Primordial did a podcast a while ago about Rain and Blood. And uh, he was um, saying on it as well that, like, you could imagine being in a metal band at that stage and you go out and you pick up Slayer's new album and you put on, you listen to Rain and Blood and you kind of go, oh, we're fucked. I know, what am I about Where do you go from here? Like, yeah. how, how where? do you talk that? Yeah, how do you equal it? You don't, and like, I mean, even, I think it's debatable if Slayer ever really actually better. But I think they were definitely at their prime. Uh, that Like, I don't think they've done a better album. Possibly since, since yeah, Rain and Blood. Not that they haven't done good albums. Yeah. They've done like excellent albums that are kind of like probably up there with some of the top, but it's just Rain and Blood, I think, will be the album that they'll be... They'll probably always be associated yeah. most heavily with or remember for, I suppose, yeah, mm. kind of Master of Puppets and Metallica or whatever. Like, you know, there's... Yeah. I think every band has their one album that, you know, if you're going to give somebody being introduced to it, mm. go, yeah, this is this is the, the one to listen to. Yeah, and like, I mean, I don't know, like when we said that we're going to talk about this, I went off listened to um, the, the, all the albums again. Mm. And it was like, I never really listened to the newer ones. Mm. Um, and I have to say, I wasn't overly no enamoured. Yeah. They were good, like, but it was just... Even like say twenty years or however long it was after thirty years, probably after Rain and Blood, mm. it didn't seem to have the same aggression, the same power to it. Punch to it yeah. yeah. Now I don't know if that's like an age thing, which it's going to happen. Like you mm. know, would it? But it's um. I suppose there's a lot to be said about the probably naivety that they had at the time. Like you know, to to write a song like Angel of Death mm. and not have it in their head with kind of like you know this, this might be, be controversial. Yeah, way. exactly. Yeah. Um, Whereas, like, kind of, for people who don't know, like, say, we would just talk about Rain and Blood, I suppose, for a bit, and yeah. then we kind of go into the other bits. But uh, Rain and Blood, it was, I think, their fourth studio album, mm-hmm. and they're after signing over to Def Jam at the time. Yeah, um, haven't gone for Little Bit, like, which, which was would seem their yeah. natural home, you know? Yeah, whereas Rick Rubin was after going after him and produced the album, and obviously he did, like, a fantastic fucking job on it. Um, so it's, like, <laughs> It was at the time, I suppose, the, the album that they did beforehand was slightly slower. Um, and then kind of like this was just blistering fucking speed. Um, Three metal. minute songs yeah. kind of a thing, yeah. Um, and what you had with some of the, like, uh, I suppose the opening song is called Angel of Death. Mm. And like, it, I presume it's if, the you're, best if you're listening to it, you know, yeah, there, exactly. you know Rain of Blood. Um, but yeah, it's... It's that scream at the start as well. You have your intro and yeah, it's the fucking... But it's a song about Joseph Mengele mm. uh, called Angel of Death. It's at the time, I think people took it up that it was like, oh, they're, they're, they're pro. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Where it's, you listen to it and it's like, it's nearly factual. Yeah. Um, so you'd have to be a psychopath to be kind of going, 
you know the, the, mm. this guy sounds alright they're obviously singing about how good he is yeah there's not like you know hey Joseph Mengele he's so fine he knows my <laughs> in the middle hey, of it. it's just like about the atrocities I did yeah. um, whereas like, like I think horrendous Jeff, low point yeah, in human history I think Jeff Hanneman was like after getting massive into World War 2 at that, that stage mm. I think he got stuff from his father was a collector of Nazi memorabilia so I, don't, I, I don't think it was just Nazi memorabilia yeah. it was you know he was just it was World War 2 in general yeah well no it's it was, his father was in the war, wasn't it? And mm. He brought home medals from the dead German soldiers he yeah. was after killing. So it wasn't like he was, like he was quite obviously against, like if his father yeah, was, so was there, killing Nazis, exactly, yeah, yeah. Um, and stuff. You know, that's where he was at with it. Um, so it's you know, mm. that's the big thing with kind of like that, where a lot of that stuff came from around World War Two. Yeah, so it's, you know, it wasn't a glorifying album. No, I mean, his dad fought in a war, basically. Yeah. You know, sort of had so horrible and serious mm. traumatic things. Like, so it's not like he would have been that far removed for it. Like, say, someone of uh, a younger generation would be, where all they're doing is learning about it in history books. Like, his father had to live to experience that. Mm. Mm. Exactly. You know, but it's the, the rest of the song. Well, not the rest of the songs, but a lot of the songs, I think it goes to show what, what they were into at the time. Um, like so serial killers fucking and I I, I don't know I, I suppose a lot of the kind of the scary albums that mm. would have been around it would have been kind of like say Venom where it's kind of like in league with Satan and all that shit it Whereas, was almost hokey kind of yeah, thing yeah this kind of I think it was now I, I'm not an expert on kind of like the, the start of death metal and stuff mm. but or, or say black metal like I know there was like the first wave of black metal bands around and like include Venom and all that but you have to think that like Slayer was the forerunner for mm. people like when people were going to copy bands it was going to be Slayer when they would have went from this into death metal mm. and into black metal because it's like fucking like piece by piece or criminally saying and well I suppose in the other albums as well about Ed Gein and stuff but um it's just that fucking nuts. And now, I mean, some of it, I don't know, because it's hard to go back, isn't it? And kind of bring a thing. So if what people today would think yeah, of it is for the first time. Yeah, history, if you know what I yeah. was that awareness of Slayer. Yeah, but it was shocking at the time. Mm. I remember being absolutely fucking terrified by Altar of Sacrifice. <laughs> Um, sitting there listening to it like late at night and then when it goes welcome to the realm of Satan I was like oh he's behind me yeah as if like the devil was going to come through to fucking mm. the speakers and take you away pull you down to hell or something but I listened to it again like I wasn't like oh Jesus I'm scared I better go in and hide mm. but I was listening to it and I was walking around with the dog and I was like no it's still fucking packs a bit of a punch doesn't yeah, it yeah. there's something it feels whatever with it just feels evil yeah yeah, get the hairs raised yeah. on the back of your neck kind of thing. Mm. Mm. Um, with it. But like, I mean, that that's the whole album. And I think it's because like most albums when they're done, people do say, say not everyone, like obviously, but like say two or three heavy or fast songs and then mm. you do kind of like a palate cleanser where it'd be a bit slower or whatever. Yeah, and have a bit of a break. Then go back into it. Um, it'd be kind of the classic thing. Whereas with <laughs> Rain and Blood, there's no... There's no uh, slowing down. It's just full speed yeah. freight train kind of a thing. Yeah, which is, I suppose, at the time it was a bit different because people did kind of fall into. Everyone seemed to fall into their pattern. They had their opening song. They always had kind of like either a banger of a closer or a very soft closer. 
like you said, they had the couple of they might even have a ballad or something mm. like that. I that no such thing with Well it would have been like I mean hair yeah. metal would have been dumbed mm. at the, the time as well, so it would have been fairly big, you know, but mm. it's yeah. So can you remember the the first time that you heard it? Would it because like it was quite obviously? I, I think it is a thing when you you're younger and you listen to stuff that has mm. more of an impact on you. And kind of yeah, stays no, with I you. would have been a lot older than you actually. Kind of listening listening to the whole mm. in its entirety and all the rest. So um, yeah, the first time I heard it, I was because I wasn't that used to I suppose like that level of aggression and that kind of thrashiness mm. and all the rest. I was kind of, I was a bit taken aback. I was like, Jesus, they are fucking angry, aren't they? Mm. I was like, wow, a lot of screaming going on there. There's a lot of aggressive guitar playing going on there. And it took a few listens to actually kind of get into it as well, because I was like, Jesus, this is, even for as simple, I suppose, as it is, insofar as it's just, it's fast roots, it's fast drumming, it's screaming, it's, you know, that kind of mm. thing. And it's Kerry King's fucking bananas, like solos and stuff like that, where they're like squiddly squawk all over the place. There's still an awful lot of layers and a lot of depth to it. And a lot of... I know it's one of these albums where you have to listen to it a few times before you start to mm. appreciate all the intricacies and all the rest, you know. And I like those kind of albums. Like years ago, you'd have to sit down, you'd actually have to put effort into listening to an album. Yeah. And then you'd actually go, fuck, I love this but album. this is, I think, where Slayer kind of gets a bit of the bad state, you know. People think about it. It's, I think people who aren't into Slayer or whenever Slayer being portrayed because like that thing we were saying about like it's always like Slayer it's yeah. like this mindless fan base kind of meathead type thing yeah, yeah where it's just like pure and like I mean there I've just seen interviews with people from Slayer since I was a fucking kid mm. they're intelligent people the songs if you're into Slayer and you read the lyrics and you go through like even like Jesus Saves mm. uh, do you know they're attacking kind of Christianity Bible Belt in America there's a lot of Hmm. things you know they're kind of they're commentating on society they're making points Um, it's not just random like uh, oh yeah like there's some bits in there to shock Mm. all right but it's they're using that to kind of get their point across across, yeah you know where they're not necessarily i think they're not seen as a political band but like Mm. they do have a lot of big political kind of statements that they make in their music so i think unless you're willing to give it a chance and actually fucking Sit you down know, and listen into it. Yeah. And in my case, probably have to read the the lyric sheet and stuff mm. like that as well because my hearing is terrible. Yeah, like I'm I mean, like, with the like Christ illusion that album, mm. like it's quite obviously all about like you know Christianity mm. and the the foibles <laughs> of Christianity. The um, but you know that it, it's I suppose it's a recurring theme with like you know Slayer about like you know being anti Christianity or anti religion. I suppose mm. um, anti war. Mm. Even though they're they're writing about war, yeah, it's not kind of like it's not the glorification war, yeah. of it. Yeah, exactly. It's always about the horrors of war. Really. Yeah, it serves as a kind of a warning rather than like, oh, geez, war is awesome. Lads. Yeah, let's, let's go off and have another one. Yes, but yeah, yeah, it's it's it's. I don't know. Like, I mean, could talk about reading blood all day. Mm. Why I don't you? Then? Well, I couldn't. Um, but it's. I suppose. The thing at the time it was very very underground and like the impact mm. that it did have on fucking future but I, I think it would have been obviously not like solely responsible for the creation of black metal and death metal mm. but it definitely fed into it definitely helps quite a lot yeah, yeah. because like I think it was 86 when it actually came out um, so you know then you go into like say the 90s when a lot of like say the second wave of black metal stuff mm. and a lot of the, the death metal guys would probably be about 10 years ahead of us Hmm. So they would have been, you know, teenagers when they would have heard this and starting their first bands. And then, of course, like when you're starting the band at first, when you're younger, you want to emulate the, the people. The music that you listen to, yeah. the people that you look up to. Yeah. And then when you, you kind of can't 
really you can get a close proximity of it mm. or it sounds a bit like what you're listening to because you've listened to it so much then kind of like it changes slightly mm. and I think that's what probably happened with some of the death metal yeah. and things and as well because of the brutal fucking speed mm. um, of it like if you're trying to play like Slayer and I think it's one of the things because a lot of times when you look back at the history of metal you look at like um trash kind of killed heavy mm. metal the new wave of heavy metal and speed metal I think and mm. Then I suppose death metal and black metal kind of like you know kill trash yeah, and yeah. then kind of new metal kills yeah. those whatever, alternative yeah. metal and uh, you know and then it's but like me the role always still around because like metal is always like an underground thing mm-hmm. but it's you can see the clear progression from trash and they kind of think because like with a lot of the other trash bands like Metallica mm-hmm. um, fucking Testament Megadeth Exodus, they didn't have Exodus uh, Anthrax mm-hmm. Anthrax kind of I think fed more into the new metal kind of wave and kind mm-hmm. of got it not just because of the hip hop kind of element but their sound I think is mm-hmm. more kind of happier it's more party I think yeah yeah. Um, whereas Slayer like Slayer really like if you fucking yeah, you're not going to throw Slayer on at a party to get everyone, oh. like, you know, sort of cheered up or anything mm. like that. If you do that, you're expecting people to, like, smash pint glasses off each other's heads. Yeah, but, like, maybe you would have, what would have been the Metallica's album around that? Or I suppose Injustice for All would have been around that time. What is one? Oh, yeah, I think was um, Rain of Blood would that have been actually the same year as uh, Master of Puppets. Well, even with that, like, yeah. you compared the two mm. of those. Like, I mean, it's two excellent albums, but mm. Q Troll and Rain of Blood, Rain yeah. of Blood is just fucking. Mm insane and as well I think production wise in fairness like this is the thing with Rick Rubin it still sounds really 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 good you put on the early Metallica albums and you know they're from the 80s yeah. straight away just they by just kind of like that production, production value, yeah. yeah quality yeah. too um, where it's kind of weird rain to the, it's, it's just fucking amazing of course I think that kind of went against them with say uh, Divine Intervention apparently was like recording three different studios and they fucking struggled to try and get the sound the same between the different mm. studios so the production on that is a bit yeah sounds a bit shitty kind of a lot of people don't really like that album either, which I I don't I suppose it's no rain and blood, um, but it's good. I th- I think it's more kind of punkier, more mm. kind of hardcore. And this is the thing, Slayer got shit later on in their career as well. Um, they did uh, oh, I can't remember the name of the album, but it was an album where it was like all covers that they mm. did, bands that they grew up with, or that influenced them. Yeah. And it was all like hardcore punk, punk yeah. bands. And was this what ha- influenced most of the fucking trash bands at the yeah. time? Um, where people are always like, oh no, it should have been Sabaton, it should have been this, and people are like, oh, they're fucking sellouts, or they're lying, they're trying to, yeah, um, put themselves across as being because punk music was kind of like Green Day and all that was That's big it, at the time. Trying to lay claim to that whole sort yeah. of genre, and yeah. I was like, they're fucking not like this. They're, mm. they're really, really not. You listen to that, let's listen to that album again. It's an amazing album. Like mm. it's really, really good. Like Slayer with anything really, um, especially around that time period, um going on but it's what the fuck was there was um i know i'm jumping all over the place now actually yeah but rain and blood yes seminal album yes yeah of course it is scary Hmm. is that the one as well (laughs) exactly yeah but um is that the one where they weren't entirely happy with the album cover as well they thought was oh yeah yeah the album cover is amazing on it um yeah but i think they weren't they were kind of like "Mm, don't really they thought it was a bit shit um they didn't think i think it was scary enough or something like that or i didn't take the boat like the the record or well rick rubin i think was no this is Mm. which it was the right call but yeah there was a load of controversy over because of angel of death and Mm. in fairness to fucking um 
uh, Def Jam that they were like, no, we're putting this out. Mm. But I think it was Geffen or whoever it was. It was obviously. Columbia, I think, refused yeah. to distribute it. And yeah. it was Geffen that eventually had to step in and distribute it because yeah. of the whole But they wouldn't put the Geffen badge on it. Yeah. Famously, they mm. wouldn't put the Geffen badge on it because they didn't want to be... The association yeah. with it, yeah. Um, mm. Which I'd imagine if you fucking got like a new one, <laughs> you know, they were proud because like, you know, it's a, I'd imagine it's a, a big, big selling album. Mm-hmm. Like, But at the time, it's well, because I... You had all the fucking the um the Tipper Gore and all those mm. fools with trying to get like the yeah. parental advisory on things. So you had a certain amount of bands that were nearly going out of their way not to be kind of like put into those categories. Mm. And then you had Slayer that were like explicit lyrics, explicit content. Yeah, where it was just advisory, they didn't yeah. give a fuck and it was the right way. It was like sure we were looking at that thing about Venom. Yeah, it was so funny where it was one of the, I think it was Mantis from Venom, I don't know, but uh, he was talking, saying, yeah, we're being investigated by these people. And like we had this guy that was saying to us, um, we well, if suspect... You, if you play backwards music, yeah, it's yeah, like, you know... Are you saying that you're kind of like, you know, kind of like, you know, part of the devil, kind of like, and he was like, you're talking about an album that's called In League With Satan. And, and the song is called... Like, yeah, you know, yeah. Satan on the front uh, yeah. from a band called Venom and all the lyrics are like that. He's like, you don't have to fucking play it backwards. Yeah, we're it's not right writing there. that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and Slayer were like that as well. Mm. And it's like the balls on Slayer. Mm. To to do you know to I be said, like and, they, that. and they always yeah. went their own way as as regards that you know oh, yeah, other they, trash they bands didn't. or any other metal bands even at that time they're kind of they went a little bit of the ebb and flow and they're like nah we're trash yeah. that's it we're always trash they didn't fucking give in like mm. I mean it was um I can't remember which I think it might have been Diablos and Musica or maybe it was Undisputed where people were really really turned against them mm. or maybe I can't remember which one it was but there were like people saying to them, it's probably God Hates Us All actually people were uh, saying that they're after jumping on the new metal, new metal bandwagon yeah. and it's like fucking it's like mm. I mean I think Metallica when they did Saint Anger definitely jumped on the yeah. new metal bandwagon like without a shadow of a doubt or mm. like no solos and all yeah, that Slayer true. fucking didn't at mm. all I think they were just like they were out playing with a lot of these younger bands because this is the thing as well Metallica it's it's a whole thing it's say a lot of the trash bands and the heavier bands are brought out by the bigger like Aussie and stuff bands, like yeah. that yeah. but they never really returned the favour and brought out like the death metal bands or the black metal bands they, yeah. it was kind of no they didn't like they just didn't they kind of but Slayer did Slayer always I think Slayer probably would have been the first band at Fear Factory and so mm. you know there was so Slayer were being I probably like I mean fucking Metallica were going to be drinking out Limp Biscuit or Corn. Mm. years later they're all like oh or, but like at the time they fucking weren't they were saying well uh, like the Deftones Slayer would have toured with a lot yeah. of these so I think they would have been listening to the stuff first hand every night and kind of going yeah exactly oh, well. and they kind of yeah I suppose sort of if you're in tune with a lot of musicians and they are surrounded by a lot of musicians that are into that course so it was, you know yeah. it's going to rub off so on you it's going to take yeah. a bit of influence or Inspiration, I mm. suppose, from it, yeah. Well, I quite like Diablo's music and Undisputed Attitude. And, uh, well, God hates us. And all of those ones. Christ's Illusion, I thought, was good as well. It's a world painted blood. Um, one, I wasn't too keen on and Repentless as well. Mm. I wasn't. It's all right. Like, we were looking at the Repentless 
movie well it was just yeah. the music videos put together into a story about yeah. it. and I think there was a comic of it as well it's quite good yeah, actually it's actually kind of an interesting concept and quite cool as well yeah. well executed you know because it's just you sit down and you listen exactly yeah. yeah you listen to some decent Slayer tracks and you just see people getting killed horribly yeah there's a morphs into a concert film then, essentially, and there's a well. mad cast in it as yeah. well like fucking Yorgot Tacoby is in it and I know so bizarre yeah, yeah. And of course, Danny Trejo. Yeah. He, he turns up and everything like that, doesn't mm. he? But it's it's good. Mm. And then like the, the they finish it off at the concert thing. Mm. And it's like Slayer, even before they finished off, mm. they were still a fucking force. Like, like, oh, Jesus, sure. When they were on their <coughs> farewell tour, like half the universe wanted to go and see it. And it was like, why are you thinking of like, you know, splitting up now and retiring now? It's like, well, go out on a high note rather than like, you know, still be corpses of 90 or whatever mm. being shuffled out on stage and trying to play trash with arthritis or whatever. Mm. I so. saw them at um, a festival of fucking donkeys years ago mm. in Ireland. I say, I don't know how often they played Ireland. But I don't think they played like a lot, a lot. Mm. Um, I remember it started when they started playing Rain and Blood, it started pissing. Oh, and like, I mean, it was fucking cold, but everyone was just, yeah. I don't know, there was just something about Slayer. It, it mm. is that thing where people, you can understand the Slayer yeah. um, thing when you've seen them live. They just have some kind of weird, magical. Yeah. Feel to him, and as mm. well for like, I mean, they ended up retiring, I think, mostly because of Kerry King was fucked. Mm. Um, like, of course, Jeff Hanneman was after dying yeah. as well. Um, Paul Bostoff was he still playing drums? Sort of uh, yeah, I think he I was, know. he was the, the final drum player, if you know yeah. What I mean, yeah. But he um ended up packing it in at one stage because he was fucked up, his elbow was fucked. Mm. Um, what's his name? Dave Lombardo was in and out like yeah. three or four Gary times, Holt as yeah. well, in and out, yeah, yeah. Gary Holt came yeah. in like just to cover for um, yeah. Jeff Hanneman when he died. Well, that was the thing. Like Jeff Hanneman, for people who don't know, he would have been one of the founders. And like the founders that were mm. Tom Araya, Jeff Hanneman, Kerry King, mm. and Dave Lombardo. So they were, I think, the classic Slayer lineup. Um, mm. Then you have Dave Bostoff, and there was another drummer who used Paul to fill in. Or Paul Bostoff, mm. and then another drummer who used to fill in. Yeah, and on then, occasion, yeah. Yeah, it was like we had Jeff Hanneman, he got bitten by a fucking spider and got necrotic skin wasn't it from the spider bite in his arm he couldn't really play guitar mm. and then he died from liver failure yeah I think cirrhosis um, of the liver or something like that yeah, wasn't it um, yeah. like about a year later yeah. or something like that so he had an awful end yeah. um, with things shame for him, like, I know yeah yeah and, like I don't think they could have carried on well mm. they did carry on for a good bit after yeah. that but it was like Hanneman was he was you know kind of a songwriting force and all this yeah. you know so it was like he was part of the creative force I suppose with the mm. whole, you know and it gets slightly unbalanced then I suppose yeah. he was one of the original kind of you know that must have been hard on them though as well mm. because it's like someone that they would have been with from yeah sure I mean like you're, you're touring yeah. with him you're spending every waking moment with him you're sleeping on a tour bus with him mm. or well probably in hotels you know at that stage and all yeah. this but you're just spending so much time with someone and then all of a sudden, you know, it's like a yeah. family member, I would imagine. Mm, and know? But I think with um, Tom Array, he's like, off, I remember before they announced that they're retiring, you'd see mm. him and he was just like, oh, I'd like to be at home with my grandkids. Yeah. I kind of miss my kids growing up. And as well, sure, they're all fucked as well. Their necks are all fucked. Yeah. I think he was after getting like... Neck surgery of, yeah, as well, and stuff, yeah. And he was just in pain the whole mm. time on tour. 
Um, so it's hard to, or even for younger people when you get yeah, older. Yeah, alone anyone over the age of 30, like, yeah. yeah. And then when you start getting up into your 40s and mm. towards 50, it's kind of like, well, yeah. this is, yeah, not, not entirely fun as we, we thought mm. it would be when we were 18. So I kind of admired them for it mm. because, like, the thing is, near the end of their career, everyone was like, oh my God, Slayer or Force, we reckon. But there was a good period where people were like, Ugh, oh, you don't listen yeah. to fucking Ugh. Slayer. And they yeah, were, corn, the, the main criticism was, yeah. like, yeah, oh, they, they weren't changing, that they mm. stayed the same. And it's like, in fairness to him, that was like, I think it benefited them in the end. That was their sound and yeah. that was it. Yeah, that's what they were known Because you listen to Metallica, like, I'm not slagging Metallica for change. They've been all over the yeah. place, yeah. And same with Megadeth. Even mm. A lot of people say, oh, Megadeth, but did you fucking listen to Megadeth albums? Oh, I know. There's some of them have, they're, they veered into nearly pop as well, like, yeah. you know, kind of ballady type like stuff. Like Mustaine will fucking try anything, I mm. think, for a few quid. I, I think <laughs> as long as he's so, getting in the headlines, I think that's yeah. what he wants, yeah. Mm, whereas Slayer, they just stuck to their guns. They mm. just did what they wanted to do. And it's like, if you've ever seen a Slayer gig as well, I think what they kind of took pride in, they never, like, said to the audience, go fucking wild or do mm. this or do that they didn't engage with the audience over you know they just come out play their fucking songs mm. and fuck off yeah um, but yeah the crowds are always worried about <coughs> slayer gigs like you know yeah. huge mosh, mosh bits and mm. walls of well that's the that. music spoke for it yeah. so, but there was an energy about him as mm. well the, 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 like when you see him all on stage and you compare them off stage. That's the thing. They're like they come across such like nicey, nicey kind of chatty, smiley guys yeah. like off stage and all the rest, and they're like very pleasant and well, well spoken in manner. I don't think you'd survive as long as they did if yeah. you're an asshole. Yeah, yeah. As well with it, like I mean, the thing is, Kerry King could say some mad shit in interviews years yeah. ago, but, but was, he was funny as well. Yeah. At the same point, I, I, it might have been said a bit kind of sarcastically, but I don't think it was I did, necessarily. Yeah, hard when you're reading in a magazine as well, you'd be like, "Oh, Kerry King, just like Dave Mustaine is." <laughs> even today he's like because he played with Dave Mustaine yeah, for a while ago, yeah. briefly, and he was like I don't know how people managed to fucking be in that band that mm. guy's a lunatic you know yeah. and they had a phone there for years I didn't speak I think it was only when the big four thing came around yeah. they started speaking again because like whatever it was like I mean Dave Mustaine is quite obviously a fucking asshole yeah he's just, just seems hard work to be around already. Yeah. he's hard work even to read an interview off because yeah. it's just like it's just the remnants mm. of somebody who is like the main character yeah. kind of a thing but we're looking at an interview with Kerry King and he mm. was talking about it and he was saying look, he was fine at the fucking start when he was in Metallica he was fine and then he was saying he became a fucking character in his own movie mm. because he was doing way too many drugs and fucking it just destroyed his brain and yeah. it was just a nightmare to be around and like I'd imagine he's still fucking it <laughs> you know, I, I, say, yeah. I mean you can't go fucking a week without like another mustaine headline hitting you know the usual kind mm. of louder sound or metal hammer or you know one of those kind of sites and it's mm. like oh listen to what fucking insanity is coming yeah. out now and he's like oh yeah yeah and it's always him as the main character as in like mm. oh without me like they wouldn't have done that and this guy is still playing my music 40 years later and oh well I'd be, I'd be willing to play with this guy and you know I'll reach mm. out to him and people are probably like no thank it's you like if fine. I was Kirk Hammett mm. I'd fucking stab him it's like the shit he's given Kirk Hammett over mm. the years Kirk Hammett has never said anything no. back of a retaliation never so I yeah. suppose take he knows too road, yeah. yeah take the high road with it and like I mean in fairness my attitude is I think Metallica were better mm. they obviously were but if they, Mustaine was in them they would they not they would have imploded they would not have reached years. the heights of yeah. Black Album or anything like no. that there's not a fucking chance in mm. hell um, Kirk Hammett I, he's probably one of my favourite guitar players yeah he's such a well, chill like, yeah, yeah. Uh, but the, like with Slayer it was like 
they're, they're all so nice. That's a, mm. they, they must have been like me because they would not have survived, like I was saying. But as well, I've never seen anyone slag off mm. Slayer in an interview yeah. at all. Um, or Kerry King. And like, I mean, you look at Kerry King, he's really, really funny off the stage. Uh, Jeff Hanneman seemed like a really nice guy Yeah, as well. again, he just seemed like a chill yeah. surfer dude almost yeah. kind of a thing in, in his attitude back, yeah. <coughs> Dave Lombardo, everyone seems to love yeah, Dave Lombardo. Well, he's in every band That's <laughs> it, at yeah. the moment, isn't That's he? It. And say, like, Gary Holt as well. Oh, yeah, Gary Holt like, just yeah, seems like a... Like a nice guy yeah. that likes cat memes and stuff, yeah. yeah. But Tom Araya is like, I mean, that's when you see him singing and like he's so imposing on stage and yeah. that kind of like that a power, exactly. And the, fi- the figure that he puts as well, yeah. you know, he's got the long wild hair and mm-hmm. in his later years, then the wilder beard, and it's just yeah. like, raw fucking scream. And then he comes off stage and he's just like, he's a goofball. Yeah, it's just he's just really seems like smiling a really nice happy, guy. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like a fun uncle. Yeah. Everything, but they're know? all in interviews, they all seem to be like brutally honest mm. about stuff, but not nastily honest where they'd be like shitting on people, like, you know, we're trying to start, but like mm. when they're like, there was a little punk people mm. and I remember with Tom Araya and, and he was like he said something about had the apocalypse and he was saying no look things are getting really you need to look after your mum and dad and, you know when yeah. it was just, he seemed to be very family oriented yeah that's it yeah but um, they you know it's I don't know the grounded I suppose mm. was the thing for that's it and I don't they didn't have any rock star notions either as well they were never sort of like you know idolising the life on the road right? mm. I was like yeah it's kind of shit I'm away from my family I'd like to be there for the birth of my son kind of a thing yeah. you know well, it's, I think Anthrax always remind me of that as well. Like, mm-hmm. Anthrax, I think, especially if you listen to the Scott Eanes um, book, and he talks mm-hmm. about Slayer as well, because at the oh, early explain days... Explain it's an audio book. Oh, yeah, it's an audio book. Makes yeah, it yeah. sound insane. Is yeah. he listening to a book? And it's like, <laughs> he's got two, of them, but this was the first one. Um, mm-hmm. And it's like just about his career and stuff. But he talks about the early days with Slayer and Metallica. Mm-hmm. And he's saying like Slayer, obviously, they still... Well, I'd imagine they still get grief for it because... They were like, oh, we don't fucking wear makeup or anything like that. And yeah. uh, what was it? There was a really funny that uh, Kerry King said about, oh, what, in the early days, they were like, oh, well, why are you playing this type of music? And it was like, well, there's a bunch of kind of like men dressed as women and wearing makeup in kind of like, you know, uh, in L.A., but well, we're we're just men and we play like men or something. You yeah. know, it was really fucking kind of yeah, kind of sneakily dismissive, corny. Yeah. You know, yeah. but it was it, it was just it was like something fucking next week, Dirty Harry to say or something. Like that. <laughs> yeah. was, but it was just you know he was they seemed to have that kind of thing going on um, with them where they were just they were very quick witted and funny yeah. about. But I was going to say that they were like wearing eyeliner at the start to mm. look evil. And, like, and then I was like, no, it's too glam. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Scott Ian was kind of like about kind of yeah, we always take the piss out. Same way you were like fucking a hair metal band, but yeah, you started like, like yeah. um, which they weren't. You listened to their music and like Slayer's music, it started off, it just kind of improved mm. um, over time, but it was fucking brutally heavy when it started off as yeah. well. Um, with a buddy, Scott Ian's uh, audiobook is fantastic, I'd highly recommend it to anyone. Mm. But he talks about them as that they're really, really nice. That they're, I think, not that they lost contact with Metallica but they did an awful lot for Metallica when Metallica mm. started out you kind of get the impression that Metallica never really yeah, got returned the favour yeah with them whereas like them and Slayer Anthrax and Slayer because remember there was the whole um, it, was, it was like not the Monsters are up but it was like it was Anthrax Slayer um, and uh, oh, yeah. they brought Alice in Chains I think Megadeth might have been yeah, until I can't they remember used to the do name it. Of it yeah. But it was it was basically the big four without yeah. Metallica, mm. where they used to do that, and they like read because like at the time, like a band like Alice in Chains, it was before grunge kind of hit, mm. and Alice in Chains, I they always consider themselves a metal band. Yeah. I'd consider them a metal band, 
But they were just a weird metal they were band. They weird, yeah. They had a lot of yeah. mellower stuff, I suppose. That yeah. probably threw a lot of people off as well, mm. you know. But, but still heavy as well. Yeah. But Scott Ian was saying about, like, when they brought him out. And I think it was, like, Slayer wanted to bring him out. And mm. it was... They got pelted with bottles every night over mm. and over, but they stood there and took it and they got like a lot of respect from yeah. people. And then by the end of the fucking tour, people were like, they were massive. They were showing up to yeah. see him, yeah. I think that's what they were laughing about. They were saying kind of like at the end of the tour, they were bigger than everyone else. I know, yeah. It was like Alison Jane's bringing everybody else yeah. out, yeah. Um, with it. But Slayer's legacy, mm. what would you think that's? There's a, well, every every second thrash band would all they want to do is they want to be Slayer, they want to mm. be the next Slayer, you know, they want to be able to play the fucking the brutal heavy fast riffs. And it's so hard to do. I know it's, that's it, and even some of them that sound so simple, it's just they're slightly off, or they're you know the rhythm is just slightly mm. weird and all the rest, but it's just they are very melodic riffs, even though they just they sound even mm. sinister and all the rest, but it's. Uh, the shredding is just what gets me. It's, it suits Slayer style of music, mm. but as listen to it, you're kind of like, how does one trans? This. I don't understand. It's, it's just mental. I fucking remember. I think it was a uh, Guitar Hero 3 or one have really mm. blood on it. I, I don't think I ever completed no. like the actual uh, with it like with Rain and Blood um, or if you did it was just scraping through like you know, Yeah it just it seems like it's just like it would be a button masher kind of thing mm. but there's you know obviously it's there's highly technical skill involved mm. but I just just sound like he's just absolutely wailing up and down the guitar neck with absolutely no sort of oh, it's fucking, planner like, there's a, there's a fucking YouTuber Bradley Hall who I think is just a fucking idiot um, <laughs> but he's like it, it's, he was going on a while ago but remember he was rewriting the the solos on Lux Turn and all that oh, basically yeah. saying Kirk Hammett was a terror and he was better than Kirk Hammett yeah, and this well, is what they should have played yeah I should be playing the solos nearly like, or my solos would be better it's like yeah, really it's like fuck off yeah. you know what I mean where's your fucking yeah. multi-million selling albums and yeah where's your 40 year fame yeah. But he was saying about Slayer saying, oh, Slayer, they're just like squiggly, kind of like solos. The solos aren't like proper and stuff like that. I tell you, you try and play You try and play him. So that, yeah. There's like the, the minds of those mm. men that they could sit, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, and put that together that, yeah, yeah. and play it every fucking night. Yeah. Um, and walk around stage looking like it was effortless as yeah. well. Do you know what I mean? Whereas if I was to sit down and try and play that three weeks later, I'd still be like, oh, I haven't got yeah. it. At like 50% of the speed or anything like that. Yeah. So. It's, it's fucking insane. Like, mm. And it, it's not just like that they were just like randomly fucking hitting mm. notes or stuff like oh, that. Yeah. It's people who go on over like Van Halen with the virtuosity and stuff yeah. like that. I, I think Kerry King and Jeff Hanneman are kind of up there mm. with that level of virtuosity, but because it's so fast. Yeah. People are just like, oh, it's just a bunch of noise. Yeah. Yeah. Because you, it's you're not going to get that. Even I think the closest band that I've ever heard to Slayer in a modern kind of band, not even a modern band, yeah, mm. is Lamb of God. Mm. I think they had. The, I remember hearing them for the first time, feeling the same sense of kind of dread and evil from them. Yeah. But you listen to it, they don't have that speed, the no. same speed as Kerry King or Jeff Hanneman, especially with the solos and stuff. Mm. And they're fucking like. Super the technical tits. as well, yeah. Yeah, um, like you have a, like I think technical black metal or mm. death metal. You have people that do similar things, but it is it's just it's you know it's not mm. palatable. Whereas Slayer stuff, 
is yeah, to it hangs yeah. together well. Yeah. Of course, after reading Blood, I think they slowed down a lot. Mm. Like, so I think they, was, they took a slightly yeah. different direction. Um, that I think that at the time they were kind of like, well, we've just come out with the fastest record possible. Mm. We can't exactly go faster. What direction can you take? We're going to have to go slower. Yeah, I think Tom Arai as well was, was kind of like doing more songwriting as well. He yeah. was kind of left in to do it and like South of Heaven and Seasons in the Abyss definitely have slower kind of mm. songs. Well, it would be hard to have slower songs and fucking on Rain and Blood. Mm. Um, Divine Intervention, I think, kind of kicks it back up. Then, and then the rest of them, they're just, yeah. they're they're Slayer albums, but they're not, um, yeah, I don't think anything else has the, the kind of the same breakneck speed and complexity. Mm. Um, but I think, yeah, Slayer's, for me, I think Slayer's, say, legacy is definitely in death metal. Mm. Um, more so than I think it wasn't in heavy metal like no. I can't think of heavy metal bands that kind of like other than Lamb of God but like Lamb of God I don't know Lamb of God just ended up just you know, like there was a lot of people well not a lot of people people left Lamb of God and they were saying that they left because there was certain members of the band that just wanted to keep making Lamb of God mm. albums and didn't want to kind of challenge themselves or do that kind of differently and I think you can hear that with him, like a Lama God song, just mm. sounds like Lama God, which there's something wrong with that. Like, that well, yeah. Exactly. They want to, you know, that's what they want to do. Um, they're still good songs. It's mm. not. But, exactly. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I think like Slayer, they're one of these bands that, like, if you want to sort of conjure up an image in your mind of a person who would be into a certain band, if you say Slayer, instantly everyone kind of goes, oh yeah, mm. you can picture that guy with the back patch on or with the t-shirt on or uh, equally as well. You see kids going around on like fucking BMXs and stuff like mm. that that are six years old and they're wearing Slayer t-shirts even now, sorry, yeah, 40 years You would years get on. Slayer t-shirts and likes of Tesco's and stuff. Yeah. Like, maybe not Tesco, but you know. There yeah, is... yeah it's, it's that level of popularity, yeah. I suppose, that like kids, you know, nowadays even are still coming up and going, yeah, Slayer, mm. and thing, which... You know, you don't you don't get an awful lot of kids, even though say the likes of Black Sabbath or something like that would be as you know influential. Mm. You don't tend to see kids, you know, skateboarding around in their Black Sabbath t-shirts. Well, it's <laughs> a thing with Slayer as well, where I think they they get kind of um, well, it was at the time people were saying, oh, they just keep like doing the same songs and stuff they did like collaborations mm. on they definitely did collaboration on Spawn anyway I'm fairly sure that they did it on with Ice-T on fucking what you call it um, the Judgment Night soundtrack and they would have done a lot of other things mm. but I suppose what would have brought them to a different audience would have been I think they were on the Tony Hawk mm. soundtrack as well right. Jackass had them in the yeah. Jackass soundtrack as well so you had like a skater kind of things because I remember people there were seen to be a resurgence and yeah, Slayer was, after yeah. Jackass because mm. you had all that skateboard community and all those kind of people got into it mm. um, then all of a sudden um, which was because I think Slayer were pretty much an underground mm. for a long time you had to be into metal to be into yeah. Slayer um, it's not like nowadays where you have fucking crossover bands like um, Death Haven and so, you know where yeah. it's you're not going to have someone listen to Mighty Cyrus and then listen to Slayer yeah, in the true, same breath yeah. like mm. um, not that they probably do that with Death Haven either mm. but yes no mm. I, I get where you're coming from with that yeah. Right, yeah. Mm. but yes excellent excellent album yeah it is an amazing album I yeah so if you want to scare yourself and mm. you're, you're after you're after getting sick of playing the monster masher thriller <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, Slayer Rain and Blood it's definitely and it would be the perfect album to play as you're walking around trick-or-treating for Halloween as well <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well maybe you know, it depends on the neighbourhood you won't be going up to like some kind of like no fucking infamous butcher yeah like a holocaust survivor kind of like Auschwitz <laughs> <laughs> you're like what <laughs> indeed mm. yes. but yes 
spooky slayer. Yeah. So yeah. Indeed. Yeah. I hope you enjoyed the, the music episode. Oh. Uh, go over and give us a like and mm. subscribe or do something. I don't know. But um, or just yeah. carry slayer into your arms. Yeah. You don't do, do that. No, into your forehead. <laughs> <laughs> but use a mirror when you're doing. But yes. Until next time. Mm. Fucking slayer. Yeah. Oh, we should have done the movie Slayer. Walk the Slayer. Well, maybe next time.